0: This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 379. Brenda Kay on Hypnotic Happy Hours. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success.
1: Here's your host, Jason Lynette.
0: Can we just call out that here we are, nearly 400 episodes, and I think this week might have one of the best-named episodes ever, Brenda Kay on Hypnotic Happy Hours, which keep listening to this entire episode to hear the story as to where that came from, and plus just an outstanding idea in terms of client engagement, client attraction, and... Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's Jason Lynette here with the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. And this week, we're back into our regular routine of having conversations with other top hypnotists around the world. This way, you can hear not only their origin story, but also what makes them tick, what their approach to the work is, and kind of model that journey along the way of how you can continue to grow inside of what you do. So this week on the episode, someone I've known for quite some time and should have had on much sooner, but there's a lot of you, and still, we're only up to episode number 379. I've known Brenda Kay for quite some time, and um, she and I first kind of connected because we have similar journeys, just kind of in the opposite direction. I was the stage hypnotist who eventually learned how to do hypnotic work with clients one-to-one and had no interest originally in working with clients one-to-one. Meanwhile, there she was, and you'll hear the backstory is how she uh, kind of stumbled into hypnosis through a very interesting experience which then others were insisting you should do stage and that was not the goal at all and then you'll hear in our conversation how she set aside the clinical work for about 12 or 13 years to primarily do stage hypnosis work mostly on cruise ships and you're going to hear some interesting nuances to that for for those of you who may not necessarily be stage hypnotists It's often easy for you all to kind of skip over an episode like this one. However, the reality is you should actually listen to this episode even faster because many of your clients, their first introduction into hypnosis is by way of watching a stage show and to have those answers on the ready as to how is this different? What's unique about the one-to-one work versus the work, you know, in terms of stage? Because that's something that's in the public conversation I will say, and let me call this out because clearly Brenda's not this example so we can both throw stones at it together. Um, I I keep hearing of other instructors or other practitioners who kind of insist that, oh, I think stage is one of the worst things in the world. Well, you're gonna hear a very recent anecdote of how I was at a convention uh, myself about two weeks ago. And it turns out it was a (laughs) rebooking because the event was canceled two years ago during the pandemic, but previous guest on this program. Zach Pinsons, uh was there actually at this event that I was attending, and he was doing a show, which I absolutely loved. I'd only seen him online or at a hamburger restaurant in Washington, D.C., the one time we hung out previously. Uh, <laughs> but to see how here's a whole crowd of like 700, 800 people who left as raving fans of the work and are now, I'm sure, out there Googling on the web and finding people like me, finding people like Brenda, finding people like all of you. So let's all hang out in the sandbox together because especially when you hear Brenda's story in this episode as to how, you know, she was out there in her community and using demonstrations, using stage work to actually bring the clients in. And even though some of the cruise ship world is slowly coming back, She's intentionally in this phase of working with clients and going back to the local shows, as I got to tell you, some of the best advertising you can possibly do. So there are takeaways after takeaways inside of this episode, and I will leave it to you to keep listening to hear the story of exactly what are Hypnotic Happy Hours. And uh, step one, don't use that term, it's clearly hers. But two, there's something like that that I've been thinking about for a bunch of months now. And no, I'm not gonna call it the same thing because that's what Brenda calls hers, you know, respect the title. (laughs) But it's very clearly a workable formula to re-engage people who have not yet become clients or even re-engage people who have become clients And let them become clients once again. So there are some insightful nuances in this episode that I'm sure many of you are going to benefit from. So listen all the way through to the end. Uh, There's a brief moment, too, where we talk about a program that Brenda's a member of, and I gave some nuances of, in a quick teaching mode, of hypnotic business systems. Which, here's the thing. I'm not the person, even on the hypnosis education side... That can ever go, this is the Facebook program, or this is the search engine optimization program, or as the conversation plays out here in this chat with Brenda, here's the hypnotic upsell formula. No, it's instead how once you understand the core psychological triggers that are necessary for someone to really buy into the value of hypnosis and hire out your services to work with you, the core psychological principles don't change. However, it's where when you kind of step to the side and see things from my hypnotic business systems mindset, well, it turns out the same formula you're about to hear me talk about to pivot people from a group meeting into paid services can actually be the same formula if you're doing a workshop in person. If you're, Brenda, listen, doing stage hypnosis and inviting people to then become your clients or if you're doing an audio program, or fill in the blanks, people, stop compartmentalizing business strategy the same way that, you know, we say over on the hypnotic workers side of things, nobody puts hypnotic techniques in the corner. You can use nearly every technique for nearly every single issue, which is why hypnotic business systems is the entire all-access pass to my hypnosis business training library. The program used to be tell you what to do. Then it became show you how to do it for some of the technical stuff, which is where like you hear me reference velvet rope. Um, And you actually see me set it up in real time. So you can build out your own by the time you're done. And nowadays it's actually kind of graduated up to the level of give you my stuff to get up and running even faster. There are entire step-by-step campaigns. You have full permission to slap your name on and publish it to your clients. There are digital programs that you can reproduce with your name and a different title to then even go out there and sell. So it's where even just the done-for-you stuff that's already inside of Hypnotic Business Systems is worth the price of admission. And simply head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, watch the video on that page to get a full tour, and you will see there that we have a couple of options, either a single payment investment for those that want to get the best rate, or brief installment toward lifetime access. We are not membership recurring. Once you're paid in full, you own the program, plus any future updates. I'll keep it short here, though, because many of you already have it. But head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, watch the video tour, choose the best option for you to join. And on top of that, we've got a thriving community where we're there to support you. And with that, let's dive directly into this week's episode. Here we go. Session number 379, Brenda Kay on Hypnotic Happy Hours.
1: You know, I discovered hypnosis by sheer accident. I volunteered for a hypnosis school that needed some guinea pigs to practice on. Uh, I had no idea what hypnosis was. I was just really looking for my purpose in life. And I asked if hypnosis could help me figure that out. And they said, I don't know, but let's try and it was my third hypnosis session in. I had my uh, Oprah aha moments. <laughs> I, I'm on top of the Rocky Mountains and I look up at the sky and the clouds part and the sun shines down and I hear this ah, like angels. And I hear this, um, Brenda, this is what you need to do. And I had a full body knowing that hypnosis is what I was meant to do. And so um, in short, I was hypnotized to become a hypnotist.
0: Nice. Nice. So (laughs) out of of curiosity, what was the the track? What was the path you were on prior to that?
1: You know, I had just dropped out of college to be a graphic designer, and I was just really lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life other than travel the world like a rock star. But (laughs) I can't sing, and I didn't play any instruments, so art school was the next best thing. Um, (laughs) So I just you know, I knew I always wanted to have fun. And so I really had some fun jobs. I worked at JCPenney's and I was dressing mannequins um, at that time. And I was working in the restaurant industry. And then I had started getting into property management. Um, So I was not on a track for uh, health and healing. I was on a track for, you know, something to use my creativity with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then here came the opportunity to Basically, volunteer to be you know a, a subject for new students inside of a class. I, I have to ask was there was there a hesitation to that, or was it just the hey why not?
1: <laughs> you know i i i've had the personality like i like to try new things, so i, I was just open to it. But then after i agreed to it, i began to. Um, think it over and overthink it. And then I saw a movie, The Stir of Echoes, where Kevin Bacon hypnotizes somebody at a party and it unlocks some like ghosts in their head to haunt them. And so I had reservations. I thought, what did I sign up for? Like, what is it going to do to me? And, and all of those misconceptions that people have, I had. And and I even going driving to the appointment, I was scared. And it wasn't until she sat me down and explained, this is what hypnosis really is, this is what it's not, that I felt better about it. And even in my first session, I was still scared because I 100% didn't trust that something weird wasn't going to (laughs) happen.
0: I'm I'm laughing at that because it was just yesterday that I got the call once again, which was, yeah, I saw the movie Get Out and I'm pretty sure it's not exactly that but could this really help me quit smoking and as much as our community is one that could often get upset about these different movies and these different depictions um people will still let that be that first introduction and make the assessment themselves and hey you still showed up that day right
1: right yeah
0: Yeah. and then you chose the kevin bacon role rather than the released ghost role so that makes sense (laughs)
1: Oh Right. The irony of it all,
0: which we, we tend to jump around in this conversation here that, you know, you've got the experience of doing you know work in terms of seeing clients running group programs, also stage hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of have a, a stock answer when this sort of things popped up as in, you know, I saw this in a movie, I saw this on a TV show, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I think my stock answer would be it's not like what you see in the movies. They play it up for dramatic effect. And then I go into, you know, what it really
0: is. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. And oh, man, watching that get out. It even scared me. And I know about hypnosis, you know, I'm like, ooh, that makes hypnosis sound creepy. Um, But, you know, I say everything is over dramatized in the movies just to get you to pay attention. And that's what it's all about.
0: I I go to the moment you just highlighted there, which is the real reason I wanted to, you know, go off on this for a moment, which is there still was some reservation. But then at the end of it, I don't want to downplay it, but there at the end of it is sometimes the oh, that's it. But not a let me let me do the totality right. It's a, oh, that's it, as opposed to a, oh, that's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That that sort of normalization of the experience because, oh, that was fine. Mm-hmm. And it's often why, you know, we may get there's another little nudge towards the benefit of a possible multiple session model, then. Uh, so you know, it's it we don't have to get into all the personal details of it, but though here came this breakthrough as a result of being the the client of the process what was then that thought process of you know what came next after that sort of full body you know acknowledgement of going i got to do this
1: well and i think over the i had that aha moment but then over my time with the practitioner and going through the sessions and they made me commit to experiencing six sessions but that third one is the only one i vividly remember but i just knew that within each session i felt more empowered and i felt more confident and i felt like this is the coolest hidden secret that i need to tell everybody about <laughs> and if it makes me feel this good i want other people to feel this good
0: what's great about that is as we tell our own story of how we got into it and the you know the before the during the after journey of that that's a thing that also helps to normalize the process even even further than So then I'm maybe assuming you did the training with the same group that you were first introduced to.
1: Ironically not. And and here's why Um, the, the the school that I ran into was in at it was, they were advertising at a street fair in Boulder, Colorado. And if you know anything about Boulder, it's our hippie dippy college town. And so the hypnosis school that was up there, I, in, in my, Brain at that point. Um, The school was a little too airy fairy hypnosis, if that's a real term. And so I wanted something more therapeutical and medical based. So I found a different training program.
0: Which that's really awesome to hear because so often, you know, here might be a specific school of thought, a specific approach. And it's even how, like, you know, as many trainings that I often do, someone will reach out and go, I want this. And I can go, Great. You should call this person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's in that alignment. So then in that journey early on, was there a specific goal, a specific audience that you were originally intending to focus on?
1: You know, I didn't know exactly at the time what I wanted to focus on. Um, And it was funny in my training, everybody was sort of pegging me as a stage hypnotist. Brenda, you're going to do stage hypnotist. I know that that's the route you're going to go. And I said, heck no, there's no way that I will ever get up in front of people and talk like I'm too shy. That's not me. Not going to happen. I'm going to work with smokers. Um, And so, you know, and, and my instructor at the time, basically, you know, after I graduated from the training, I told my instructors that I was going to work for them in their clinic. And they were so taken back that I would have the audacity to just declare that, that they hired me to work in their clinic. <laughs> and they said, okay, if you're going to work here, you have to be able to uh, work with smokers and do it in one session. And so that was my main focus for the first couple of years. So it was smoking clients and weight clients.
0: Yeah. Did you find any nuances to those that kind of you know defined how you would work with them? That we may often end up using some of the same techniques. We may often end up using some of the same protocols. Yeah. It's interesting that sometimes we kind of find our own way through the process and at least our perception as to here's what really has to occur to affect the change. Or sometimes it is just extremely straightforward.
1: (laughs) You know, and honestly, that was over 20 years ago. So I'm not Mm -hmm. even quite sure what I was doing back then. (laughs) Yeah, But it was a lot of a lot of direct suggestion and a lot of just um, motivating them to get what they want, you know, just creating that that big picture moving you know from the pain of where they're at to the pleasure of where they want to be so that future pacing and getting them sold on that idea of how amazing it's going to be to get what they want to be free
0: yeah so then and we often highlight a good chunk of this origin story and getting started because there's many people out there that are specifically on that journey and will eventually come around to the work of course that you're you're doing now and uh, mm-hmm. as we have already been foreshadowed by something you just said uh, the turn of the journey that eventually occurred <laughs> inside of that. So right. then, was most of the time working in the other office. At what was there another point in time where you eventually broke out as your own?
1: There was. So I worked in their clinic for a number of years, and then I thought, oh, like I'm good at this, and I'm I, I can do this on my own. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I can break free, and so I did. I rented a room in in a massage clinic, and I had my own private practice, and I would see clients here and there. And it was just part time while I was working in property management. And so I, you know, was kind of tipping the scales. um, But we're bouncing between those two worlds, like, I'm going to hold on to this job job, just, (laughs) just for the perceived security of money while I'm building up my practice. And so then I built my practice up to the point where I could release that part-time job. And then I released everything and something way bigger happened.
0: Oh, that sounds like a transition. (laughs) (laughs) So what was that transition?
1: Um, should I tell you or should I tell you the story behind it?
0: Uh, Ooh, story.
1: So, okay, story. So once I learned about hypnosis and helping people achieve their goals, like becoming a non-smoker or releasing the weight, you know, I thought, oh, so you can use, hypnosis helps you to use the power of your mind to achieve your goals. What is my goal? What is it that I want out of life? What is it that I want to work on? And so I went back to my high school dream of, uh, I want to travel the world like a rock star. And so I said, what if I plant the seed of I want to travel the world like a rock star. And then what else do I want? I want to live like I'm on vacation. I want I want to work less, I want to make more. Um, I want to do what I love and, and earn a good income, like all of those things. I was planting in my subconscious with hypnosis, via hypnosis. And then that led me to the magical moment of, of, Meeting somebody at a hypnosis conference. And it's funny, like I had wanted to go to the NGH conference for years and years and years. And this one year, I think it was six or seven years into my career, I just knew I had to go. And I had this, again, burning sensation, this burning desire that I have to go to this conference. I don't know why, but I had to. And it was then that I met somebody that found out what I did. They said, Oh, you do stage hypnosis. Have you ever thought about working on a cruise ship? And I said, Oh my God, that sounds like exactly what I'm looking for. That's like all the seeds that I planted just blooming my garden all at once. And so he said, let me show you how. And so did the training learn how to craft my stage show to work on a cruise ship, which is entirely different. But that meant that I had to give up everything. Um, I gave up my apartments, I gave up my practice. I was even willing to give up the guy that I was dating at the time. <laughs> I said, "I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go work on a cruise ship. I don't know when I'm going to be back, but I'll see you then um, if you're still here." Um, so that was the absolute moment of surrender, giving up everything to go work on a cruise ship.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Then, and you hit a few things in there. I want to come back to. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm curious though is, let's rewind back though, because you mentioned which I'm laughing at this, and I and I knew part of the story already, because we go back a number of years, but I mm-hmm. didn't know the sequence of it, because I'm laughing that I was the stage hypnotist in my training who had no interest in seeing clients. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see how that turned out. And you were the person in the training with no interest in stage, denying it, wanting to see clients, and then clearly that became a large part of what you did. Where Where was that turning point even before you know being introduced to the cruise ship world where where did you make oh. that transition into stage
1: right and that is a pivotal point because um i think what what made that seed blossom that everybody was planting for me um being i was in my early 20s and people weren't taking me serious as a therapist at that time and so i thought you know if i can just demonstrate my skills if i can show people that i know what i'm doing then they'll want to work with me. And that was my motivation to do the stage shows. And so I started doing shows to promote my practice.
0: Then how was that going then in terms of using the presentation to then bring people in?
1: It went well. It yeah. really, it worked out really well because you can demonstrate the power of your mind. And and I learned that you can when you can do so in a fun way, then you're automatically building rapport.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You build,
1: you know, yeah. You build well, it, that no like and trust.
0: Well, it's that show is also better than tell. Exactly,
1: and they're
0: exactly. seeing the experience. So even before we kind of transition to the cruise ship conversation, and I love that you said it's still a show, but it's a very different show. Oh man, I got to hear about that. Uh, what were <laughs> what were the opportunities you were then seeking out or even creating to then book the right, let's phrase it this way to book the right shows that would then bring people in as clients.
1: You know, at that time I was so just in love with hypnosis and I just wanted to do it everywhere and anywhere that anybody would let me. Mm -hmm. And so I went to um, my local, like just bars that had stages and every single venue, comedy clubs that had stages. And I would talk to the owner and I would ask, you know, can I do a show here? And I did a lot of shows for free just to get practice just to put myself out there. And I would work on any stage that they would let me. And with that, I had a lot of challenging situations, but um, it helps you build your chops. If you can work in any situation, um, it just makes you better. You just deal with what emerges, right? Like you would in any client session.
0: Okay. So then I'll go first. Then I got to hear yours. (laughs) Which the not quite, oh, you've heard them too uh and frequent guest on the program not quite the Dan Candel horror story cuz just that man is a magnet for them apparently um <laughs> and that's his quote that's not me saying it um right. but the show that i did that had five people in the audience and all five volunteered and i'm like who's going to watch this oh, um, right and somehow and there's no shaming intended in the story yet it is intentional that i have to share the details uh, it very quickly became evident that the 400-pound man who had volunteered uh, was what we all would call the flopper. Oh, right. Uh, mm-hmm. And every other volunteer was smaller than I am. Um, <laughs> so it became this executive decision to only be able to do the show with one person, bank on the one volunteer. Luckily, it turned out to be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, because it just wasn't safe. And meanwhile, the sound system died. Oh, um, the people in the crowd because they weren't now on stage with me, stage, did you hear the air quotes? Mm -hmm. Uh, They weren't (laughs) in that corner with me, Right. um, became massively drunk and basically it turned into, I'm just gonna play with this guy for the next 45 minutes. Oh yeah. Um, And now that eventually as I was doing stage work turned into, um, hey, Only microphone we had was the lectern with the microphone hardwired to it. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. (laughs) So you kind of find your way around it. It was a Jeffrey Ronning used to call that the Navy SEAL training. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got a story of the, I still pulled it off, even despite the environment?
1: Oh, man. Yeah. And so I've got a lot of those stories. I'm trying to figure out which one. Um, And I think... To highlight, I think if you're a stage hypnotist, one of your worst fears ever is that nobody volunteers, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all of the crazy bar gigs that I had, this story happened on a cruise ship. And it was like an awkward late night. It was probably, you know, a 10, 30, 11 o'clock show and people were still out in port and, people weren't on the ship and you know, on the ships there was like a thousand seat theater and, uh, and it was my birthday and my mom was on the cruise (laughs) and I had to do the show. And I look out from behind the curtain and there's like 10 people in the audience in a theater full, like a thousand seat theater. There's 10 people in the audience. And so I walk out on stage and I give full energy, like everybody's there and I do my pre-talk, like everybody, the, the entire theater is full. And then I call for volunteers and nobody raises their hand out of the 10 people. Not one person raises their hand to come on stage. And I'm like, Oh my, what do I do now? Like, I've never had this. What do I do now? And then, then I'm like begging, come on people. It's my birthday. <laughs> Will somebody please come on stage. Like I was groveling and, um, So that was like a really low point. And then the fact that it was on my birthday was even worse. Um, But I think I got five people up on stage. So five people on stage, five people in the audience. And then just much like you, Jason, I just played with the one or two people that were really good, but it was Mm -hmm. such an awkward show, but you just have to go on like you mean it. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah.
0: So you mentioned that transition though, where here came the opportunity to, as you said, travel the world, live like the rock star, do the work on the cruise ships. And you said that it's a very different kind of show. Can you elaborate on that?
1: I said that? Um, <laughs> oh, right. Um, it is a different kind of show because you have to follow parameters. Yeah. I, I mean, you have 45 minutes to do your show. Um, 50 minutes is pushing it. Um, and and it has to be super squeaky clean. And it has to be uh, you have to really be mindful of the audience and the moving ship <laughs> and all of those dynamics. And um, yeah, so it has to be you have to it has to be clean. You have to know what you're doing and you have to keep it in a certain time frame. And I think That's, those are the most important things.
0: Yeah, And just to riff off that for a moment, the, the part about time frame, is I think one of the best nuances when people ask the question, like you, you saw, you know, this is releasing about a week after I was at an event in Arizona, mm-hmm. um, which actually turns out he had got the invite to do this program two years ago. Um, then a lot of events were canceled because, there was a thing that was going on right uh, <laughs> and then that's where zach pences was at this event that i was just at in arizona It's like oh cool i get to see his show yeah and the the conversation often pops up with people as to you know why did you send this one back and you know i'm, I'm sure the t- same is true in that environment that kind of like the stories that we both just shared it doesn't mean those people cannot be hypnotized it means If we really had time to keep working with that one individual, we could probably get to where we needed to go, yet there's, in your situation, another show about to come in. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, behind the scenes, there might be the, hey, this other speaker's coming on at this time, and that's, in any venue, the easiest way to not be welcome back. I remember, I have no cool way of of ever using this sentence. My friends from Magic Camp...
1: Right. Pause
0: pause for a moment to collect my dignity again, Uh, who some of them were stagehands on one of the magic shows in in Vegas a number of years ago. And it was, oh, cool. Good to see you. Go wait in the lobby, because if we are over by this amount of time, we have to pay a fine.
1: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And
0: it's that other things are using the stage or union has to be paid as a result of it. Uh, Right. so, So there comes that need to wrap up. On time though. Uh, What I'm curious to chat about is the way that very clearly you have created a blend of the two worlds of how you're using, because to go on your website, here's different programs that you offer. Here are mentions of like educational seminars that Mm -hmm. you do. So then what are the ways that you've kind of expanded beyond, or not really even expanded, that you've brought the whole world back together in terms of the personal development, as well as the Entertainment. Can you talk about sort of that that blend of all these worlds that you have now?
1: Yeah. So when I was on the ships and and I was performing, the, one of the blessings of being on the cruise ships, and after you do your show, you are with these same people for at least a week, if not more. And so then I was able to offer them workshops and seminars on hypnosis to dig a little deeper. So if the show intrigued them, I could teach them even more about hypnosis and how they could use it in their own life for personal development. So learning how to do the seminars was really fun and then offering people the opportunity to go deeper and and on the ship the only way I could help them more fully was to offer them hypnosis recordings on a USB that they would take home and they can experience hypnosis that way. Or I could recommend that they would go see a hypnotist in, in their own hometown. Um, But with the blessing of what happened in the last two years and everybody shifting to online communication, I learned how to pivot hypnosis online and then work with people all over and then work with them one-on-one. So it, it gave me the opportunity to get back to, the, thera- the therapeutical aspect of hypnosis. So instead of just doing seminars or doing shows, I learned how to work with people one-on-one so we can dig in for that personal development in a personalized and tailored way versus listening to just hypnosis recordings.
0: Right. And I, I, tell me if I have part of the timeline correct here, that here you were at one point working in someone else's office, then you launched your own Then here came the stage hypnosis to bring more people into your world, which then created this drop everything opportunity to then get on a boat Mm -hmm. and travel around the world. And then as everything kind of stopped about two years ago and still is slowly on the upward momentum coming back in, you know, it kind of creates this opportunity of a blend. But correct me on this, that for the most part, the one-to-one work went away for a while, right? The one-to-one work? Yes.
1: Yeah. When I was working on the the ships for 13 years, I completely gave up the one to one work.
0: Yeah. So then, what I'm curious to ask about, really for myself, uh, (laughs) is what's different about it now? You know, and it's often for the athlete to leave the game and then come back to it. You know, they may be playing differently than before, yet there's, let's say, a little bit more intention behind it now, um, to, to approach something that we previously did, having had other experiences. Are there, are there things that you're now doing differently inside of the work, having then had the 13 years basically being on stage or working either for group seminars or record the audio? Mm-hmm. What's, what's different about it now?
1: I think what's different now is that, um, forcing myself Way outside my comfort zone and learning how to be on stage and be a performer and be a speaker and then connect, learn how to connect with people from all around the world um, just made me a better communicator. I think one, it gave me a better understanding of people. And then when it came to doing something entirely different in my business, via working online, working on Zoom, which was, I was terrified of, much like I was terrified to go on stage. Um, It just calls back to your roots. Okay, let's give myself suggestions. Let's use this tool that I use on other people, on myself to get more comfortable in the situation. So I think the learning curve to moving online was easier for me because I have this tool to offer. And, and I think going with that, I know that hypnosis is a tool that helps people. And, and w- in these last two years, people have needed help more than ever dealing with stress, dealing with sleep, dealing with anxiety, so many things. And so I was more motivated by wanting to help people than my fear of like, oh, my God, I'm going to look stupid on camera.
0: That's one of those biggest takeaways that people often have, or let's phrase it this way: uh, should begin to have, <laughs> which is that when we take that when we take that fear cycle out of ourselves mm-hmm. and make that that real connection with that other person, that's where suddenly you know the person who was terrified of going out on the webcam and even doing a video or going out on social, it's that no longer we're talking to the masses. Instead, it's as if we're talking to that one person who needs to hear that message more than anyone else right. um there might be an answer to this there might not it, was there a perception of going back to the online going back to the one-to-one work though specifically online that something that originally was standing in the way that now has become a strength of yours
1: um or you maybe know, something
0: you previously believed and now see a different way around it
1: well i always knew that i would go back to helping people i always knew that i would go back to the therapy aspect and and doing the stage shows and working on ships. I'm like, I just have to do this now while I can, right? Um, I need to take this opportunity just to go have fun, spread the word. And I so I guess I don't know if I'm answering your question right, but I, I always knew I would go back to the therapy. Um, and I and even I think just a year before COVID, I would I opened up an another office again. I was trying to open an office Let me take out trying because I don't like that word. (laughs) I did open an office while I was still on the ship and I thought I could maintain both. And I wasn't really good at maintaining both of those worlds. Um, So and then with the thing that happened, I gave up the office and then just pivoted completely online.
0: Yeah. So then was there a point where the online just finally clicked for you and then became easy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Once I, once I started doing some hypnotic happy hours. So I would did I did the group, um, zoom sessions for everyone on my mailing list. I said, Hey, let's get together. Let's learn how to be on zoom. I did that. And I loved it. I love the energy of being able to connect with people, even though it was virtual. And so that was at the start of 2020, I think in Maybe it was May I did April or May I did my first happy hour and I just had so much fun that I just knew that this was still a great way to connect with people
0: which two things now we officially have the title of this week's episode uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and second maybe um, second can you kind of walk through what that took the shape of what, what that you know what how that played out like did you go in with a specific agenda when you did those?
1: I think my agenda was to see how this online thing works and yeah. to offer an opportunity for people to get together in a fun way and relieve some stress. Mm-hmm. So so that those were my only intentions.
0: Yeah. Were you going in with like a specific outline of what you're going to do or is it more just let's gather together and see what happens
1: um i my rough outline was to kind of go off of my show structure yeah. where i tell people here's what we're going here's what to expect here's a little bit about hypnosis if you've ever experienced it i ran them through some imagination exercises just for fun um and then we just dove right into a group hypnosis session close your eyes let's relax here you go
0: so then was there a specific way that 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 then brought in clients or was it just a simple invite at the end
1: oh man you know i'm really trying oh (laughs) cancel i'm really working (laughs) on getting better at the 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 offer at the end because i think in that moment i didn't think it through all the way (laughs) but I'm learning, you know, you always got to have the next step. And I didn't have the next step at the time, because I didn't understand that that was a thing. And you know, I just said, Hey, guys, you know, if you've enjoyed this, I just want you to know that I am available to work online one on one, if that's something that you're interested in. And I think most everybody on that Zoom call was already familiar with me via the cruise ships, and they probably already had all of my programs on USB. I did have a couple of them reach out to do some more specific things. So maybe I booked a couple um, sessions off of that, but I really didn't have a strong offer directing them, (laughs) you know, telling them what I wanted them to do.
0: Yeah, which typically in interview mode on these and more conversation mode, I've just slipped. i We don't use the word interview here anymore. <laughs> it's capturing the conversation. Uh, though, hey, one to one, let me personally now sell you further into the program you already have access to, Hypnotic Business Systems. Uh, right. <laughs> which would be um, for those that have that, uh, the easiest one we can do is surprisingly how a simple the marketing world calls it an application funnel. I put more stuff to it. That's velvet rope strategy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The magic of the onboarding is the part that most people miss out on. So make sure to dig into that, but to have that built out. And then inside of what segment is it? Group session machine. There's, I think the last video on creating more sales. It's the simplest language which is if which is really easy if we've taught something which i'm sure has been done if you've shared something they can then do on their own and it's the most non-salesy pivot i've ever managed which is um hey just as a heads up you can keep making use of what i've shared with you and with practice see some results though i'm curious if some of you want to get those results faster and easier and if that's the case that's why i've made this link available just go there but the the little pivot, of the two magic words of faster and easier.
1: Mm-hmm. And Brilliant.
0: We, well, thank you. But also <laughs> pull back everything we would ever purchase is a faster and easier offer um, because we buy a phone. It's a faster and easier way to call someone rather than drive to their house. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. We go to the grocery store and buy milk. It's a faster and easier offer than milking the cow yourself. Uh, Behind every buying decision is a faster and easier decision, so just respectfully smack them in the face with those words. Um, (laughs) Right. And it takes the stress out because that's the key difference. They could use a simple self-hypnosis technique and with practice and repetition see some results, though working with you sells faster and easier, Mm -hmm. which is why go here to um, brendashypnohut.gov, whatever the website is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. BrendaHypnotist.com, right?
1: Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah,
0: which we'll link to that, of course, over in the show notes at WorkSmartHypnosis.com forward slash 379. So then just to kind of catch up to the present, uh, are the cruise ships now on the upward momentum once again for you, or where's the focus these days?
1: You know, the cruise ships just recently allowed hypnotists back on board, but I'm not 100% ready to hop back on board, so I'm – I'm just sticking with the online, online hypnosis for now. And but I also am going out and doing more live shows locally now that the world is opening back up. So just yeah. to just to have that opportunity to do that in my hometown is not something that I've done for a really long time. So I'm just focusing on being on land right now. On land and online.
0: Nice. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. So to kind of rewind back to where we started, if you had to kind of define what's different in the perception of hypnosis and even what we can do as practitioners uh, compared to what some of the assumptions might have been very early on, even as the early student, what, what would you say is that bigger difference in that perception at this point?
1: The perception of hypnosis? What's different now?
0: Either hypnosis itself or at least uh, how we can better serve our clients, how we can better serve the general public.
1: I think the opportunity that we're afforded now that we weren't 20 years ago is that we can work with people all over the world. It's much like you said, it's faster and easier now. All we have to do is log on. We we don't have to drive to an office. Our clients don't have to drive to an office. They can make the changes in the comfort of their own mind from their own home, much like you talk about. Um, so I think it's... Easier now than ever to connect with a worldwide audience and to serve more people.
0: Absolutely. So then I mentioned the website already. Where can people best track you down? How can they get in contact with you?
1: The best way to reach me is through my website, which is brendahypnotist.com.
0: Awesome. And we'll link to that in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 379. I'm sure we've dropped several references, which the Rockstar production team who does the edits on this. We'll put those into the show notes over there, too. Uh, Before we wrap up, any final thoughts for the listeners out there?
1: You know, I just want people to know how truly powerful they are. Bottom line, you're so powerful and you can have anything you want in life. You just need to put your mind to it.
0: Mason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, leaving your reviews online, and my personal favorite, using these episodes as your ongoing conversation in the industry. Uh, I will say this next phrase with a little bit of care to it, to say always respect other communities, but even today, here's a moment where somebody asked a question in the Mike Mandel hypnosis community, and someone responded, who I believe is a member of basically all of our Work Smart Hypnosis programs, and linked to episodes of mine that, yes, provide a lot of value, just like this conversation you just listened to. They shared Hypnotic Pre-Talk 2.0, and they shared the Convincers episode. Uh, and I say do this with care because, you know, respect when it's someone else's community, yet many of these groups, it's funny when Sometimes in other Facebook groups that are not necessarily associated to a more uh, positively minded outlook on the nature of our world. Did you hear everything I didn't say there? Uh, <laughs> these are people that were all friends. So oftentimes, you know, you'll see me emailing stuff out on behalf of, you know Mike and Chris or Sheila Granger or the Jack wins or other folks in our world. Um, you know, it's part of the story behind this podcast episode. It's why I've said for years, the more we're all successful, The more we're all successful. And that's something that, as I'm recording this, I'm recording this the Wednesday, June 22nd, before the release the following week. Uh, But actually, hey, this episode is coming out the week after our eight year anniversary. First episode dropped on uh, June 24th, 2014. I think it was Scott Sandland who said on episode number 300, Oh, you're serious. You're going to keep this up cool. Uh, (laughs) Yet you find that the deeper you get into our world, those who are the most giving, those who are the most supportive also turn out to be the ones that are also the most successful, which in one part is why I feel completely safe. Yes, it is a paid program because it is kind of my life's work inside of hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. Yet it's where you see that we really all mean it. The more we're all successful, the more we're all successful. Let's celebrate each other, and uh, as a side note, I will leave it encrypted here, (laughs) but I clearly won't tell the entire story, but the other podcast that I do, Hypnotic Language Hacks, there's something that someone emailed me when I was in the audience watching Zach Penson's do his show, which has inspired a whole episode on the other program uh, to the business-minded audience, uh, which if you're a subscriber to that one too, you'll know it when it drops, uh, and I'll just leave it at that. Simply put, the more we're all successful, the more we're all successful. There's no reason to have to reinvent the wheel. There's no need to have to invent from scratch. Model what works and model the stuff that has actually been proven to be effective in the industry you're trying to build. That's why I didn't have her on the program because she's a paid member of Hypnotic Business Systems. But that's why I feature these conversations. And yes, that's why I'll give it a brief mention at times to say head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, watch the video tour take note of the massive value you're about to receive and join us inside of that program over at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening to
0: the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.